Hey guys, my name is Emma Mack, and you are listening to the Getting to Know God podcast. Most of you guys don't know me. I am 25 years old, and I live in Texas. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a speaker. This is just from my personal study and what I've learned. I just want to strengthen my relationship with God and lead others to do the same. So that's where I'm at, and hopefully you'll take this ride with me. So this is the last episode in this little mini-series going through James. We're going to do chapter five today. And I have really enjoyed doing this. It has encouraged me to get more into the word and really study and look at what it means and uh, to check the cross-reference scriptures that's in my study Bible. I'd really like to do it again. So if you guys enjoy this, please let me know. You can let me know on Instagram at getting to know God podcast. I'm also considering starting a website or something. So if you guys have opinions about that, also let me know. So I'm just going to follow the same format I've done the whole time. I'm going to read chapter five and then get into it. So this is James chapter five. Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away at your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourself for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you knew about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. So starting in the first verse and going through the third verse, it talks about the wealthy people because their wealth is rotting away and their clothes are being eaten by moths. 
the gold and silver are corroded. The last part says, the very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. And that verse very clearly says to me that God is the only one you can count on and that earthly things are not dependable. So in verse four, it talks about the cries of the field workers and cheating them when it comes to paying them and that the Lord of heaven's armies hear their cries. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. And I think the important thing is that God hears the cries of those who have been wronged and that if you treat people badly and only look out for yourself, that you will be condemned. So in verse seven, it talks about being patient and waiting for the Lord's return and that the farmers wait patiently for the rains and when the harvest is ripe. I think I talked about this in a few episodes ago, or maybe it was just the last episode, is that your harvest is a reflection of who you are and patience is key. So you got to wait for the rain to make your harvest ready. And verse nine says, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. And so basically complaining about others equals judgment. So verse 11 says, We will give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. So like Job, we need to endure suffering while leaning into God and not trying to drown out the suffering with alcohol, drugs, sex, worldly things that we really need to depend on God in that moment. And I highlighted verse 12. Because it confused me a little bit, but I did find a cross-reference verse that I'm going to read as well. So verse 12 says, But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath, by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no, so that you will not sin and be condemned. And the cross-reference verse is Matthew 5, 34 through 37. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say, by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say, by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say, by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. This kind of makes me think of when people swear on their mom or they swear on their kids that that's not biblical, technically speaking. But I think it's important to to think about that you just need to say, yes, I will, or no, I won't, and let your honesty and your word speak for itself. So in verses 13 through 15, which talks about prayer, I'm just going to read it to you. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. If you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Prayer is powerful, and we need to be using it to our advantage. One thing that I'm not super great about is prayer. I personally struggle with that a lot. Not struggle with it, but like, I don't pray as much as I should. And sometimes I find I find it hard to pray out loud and just find the right words to pray, even in personal prayer, just between me and God in my head. But it is so powerful. 
And I don't think that we as Christians right now tap into it as much as we should. So verse 16 really stuck out to me because it talks about confessing your sins to each other and praying for one another so that you can be healed. I think it's so important to confide in another believer so that you guys can pray for each other. You know, like if I called up my friend and I was like, hey, I am really struggling with jealousy towards this person because of XYZ. Can you pray for me, please? And then them praying alongside of me and vice versa. It's really important for you to have other people to pray for as well. For me personally, when I have other people to pray for who have like asked me to pray something specific for them, I tend to pray a little bit more. Because I guess I'm more likely to pray for someone else versus pray for myself. I don't know why I'm like that, but I am. So verse 17 talks about Elijah and that when he prayed that no rain would come, that none came for three and a half years. And then when he did pray, it rained and the earth began to yield its crops. And Elijah is just a really great example of someone who is like us and just the power that prayer holds. So to wrap it up, with verse 19 and 20, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. I think that this is important because it reminds you that bringing people back to God, you're not only saving their life and forgiving their sins, but you could possibly save even more lives and a multitude of sins because your impact on that person causes them to have impact in other people's lives. And I think that that's a great way to end this book. So that is it for this week and for this study. And so I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do next, although I'm thinking maybe prayer. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at getting to know God podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. The more ratings and reviews that we get, the more people that will be able to find this podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast, share it with your friends. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you guys on Monday.